a pro football hall of famer isn't exactly wrong in his criticism of Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, that and more on today's episode of locked on bucks. Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you could follow along on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JayYarko underscore Bucks, deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. Here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, we want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. I want to apologize for the late drop on this Monday episode. I was hit with a nasty bug on Sunday and just could not get myself ready to record. So instead, we're coming to you live on a Monday afternoon. And on today's episode, we are discussing a potential trade that the Buccaneers could make that would make a lot of sense and getting into the spooky season with Halloween coming up on Tuesday. But first, let's talk about a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame putting Buccaneers offensive coordinator Dave Canales on blast a little bit. So the Bucs' recent offensive struggles during this losing streak have not gone unnoticed by me, by you, or by some in the media. And although they were a bad missed call away from a wild upset on Thursday night, that doesn't excuse three possessions in the second half taking up just 10 plays and resulting in three punts. So Hall of Fame quarterback Rich Gannon was on Sirius XM's NFL radio and talked about Canales' lack of targets for Mike Evans on Thursday night. He said, quote, you just cannot allow a team like Buffalo to take away your best player. You just can't. The good teams find ways to get their players the ball. You got to still find a way within your scheme, whether it's bunch formations, stacked alignments, motioning the receiver, moving him around so they can't get their hands on them at the line of scrimmage, making it difficult for a team to double him. It just comes with experience as a play caller. End quote. Rich Gannon isn't wrong. You know, Canales has to find ways to get Evans more involved early in games and get him involved consistently throughout these games. Now, it did lead to big receiving days for Chris Godwin and Rashad White, but Mike Evans is the best offensive player in franchise history, and he's still one of the best and most underrated receivers in the NFL right now. You take a look at what Mike Evans has done over the course of his career. Now, he needs just 49.3 yards per game the rest of the season to hit his 10th consecutive season of 1,000 yards or more and inch that much closer to Jerry Rice's record of a thousand of consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons. And he's only had two games this season below that threshold. One of them was Thursday against the Bills where he had just six targets, and yes, he had a 40-yard reception wiped off the board because of a holding penalty. 
And then, of course, against the New Orleans Saints, where he had three catches on three targets for 40 yards and left the game in the second quarter. So you have to think he was going to blow past that 49.3 mark in that game with ease. It's not that Dave Canales isn't using Mike Evans. Evans has 55 targets on the year through seven games, six and a half. If you're looking at that Saints game as you know him leaving before halftime, but his usage is all over the place. Through the first three quarters on Thursday, he had three targets, and that's just not good enough. Now, something that Gannon said that I want to echo is it comes with experience as a play caller. And this is something that I'm going to continue to hammer home. I'm sure David is going to echo these sentiments. Uh, Evan Klosky on WTSP Wednesdays has said things you know along the same lines. Everything that Dave Canales is seeing and doing and experiencing as an offensive coordinator, as a play caller, is the first time. So he's still getting used to this role that he has. He's still getting used to play calling in the NFL. He's still getting used to those situational moments throughout games where he can pick his spots and, and decide what to do. There are going to be mistakes. When Dave Canales was hired, we talked about how there were going to be lumps and there were going to be growing pains. And at times, the offense wasn't going to look good. Defensive coordinators now have some tape on what Dave Canales has done in certain situations. Now it's on Canales to adapt and not stick with those same tendencies that defensive coordinators are expecting. It's all a growth process. It's all a learning process. But when you walk in the door of one buck place and you are hired as the offensive coordinator and you're speaking to the media in your introductory press conference and you talk about how the offense is going to go through Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, how those are two of the best receivers, you know, one of the best receiving duos in the entire league. And that's how your offense is going to operate is making sure that those guys get the ball then you can't have Mike Evans going three quarters with only three targets. He has to be targeted early and often. It's going to open things up for Godwin. It's going to open things up for Kate Otten. It's going to open things up for Rashad White or Trey Palmer or Devin Tompkins or Rakeem Jarrett or any of these other guys. If you're removing Mike Evans from the equation, the offense is going to stagnate. And again, like Rich Gannon said, like David and I have been saying, it comes with the experience of being an offensive coordinator and the experience of being a play caller. But Dave Canales has been kind of in a rut lately and there has to be something to snap him out of it. And that right now, as it stands, needs to be getting Mike Evans targets early, early, early in games. Mike Evans, if there are five pass plays on the opening possession, Mike Evans needs three of those five targets, period, bar none. No question against the Falcons. He was targeted early and he was drawing flags and getting first downs. Getting away from Evans early in games is clearly disrupting the flow of the offense. And if they're going to find a rhythm, if they're going to find a groove, Mike Evans has to be the focal point early on. Godwin is going to get his. Otten is starting to get his. Rashad White is going to get the dump offs and is becoming a weapon in the passing game while he's not a weapon in the rushing game. But the offense as a whole has to go through Mike Evans and ignoring him throughout the first half of games is digging this hole deeper and deeper and deeper that the Bucs cannot climb out of late in games. It bit them against the Bills. It was evident against the Lions. 
it has been a mess. And again, you can't put the lack of targets as, as part to blame against the Atlanta Falcons because he was getting the ball early. They went away from it late. It has to be consistently throughout the game. When you've thrown the ball to Mike Evans deep, that's when the deep ball is working. It hasn't worked with Trey Palmer. It hasn't worked with Rakeem Jarrett or Devin Tompkins. It works with Mike Evans. You can spread out the field, stretch the field by hitting Mike short, intermediate, and deep because he's a weapon in all three phases or all three levels of the defense. So that is, you know, I, I am not going to go crazy criticizing Dave Canales because I understand that this is not something that he has done before. This is something he is learning on the fly, but some things seem a little too obvious to continue to ignore. Uh, real quick in, uh, in the chat, we have Gavin saying, make a deal with the chiefs chiefs, get Mike Evans and the bucks get Marquez Valdez scandling a second and a third. Absolutely not. No way. Nope, 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 nope. Marquez Valdez scaling is atrocious. You don't go from the best player in franchise history to Marquez Valdez scaling. Yeah, I don't care about the second or the third. Absolutely not. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to let Mike Evans walk. And I certainly would not trade him. However, there is a trade that I would make. Tuesday is the trade deadline for the NFL. So what move would I make? for the Buccaneers to give them a boost while not taking on a lot of salary. That's next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Pick of the Week. Bill's rookie tight end Dalton Kincaid has stepped into a big role with Dawson Knox getting hurt and being placed on IR. He's gotten hot with Josh Allen the past two weeks and scored for the first time in his career in week eight against the Buccaneers. Kincaid gets a smash spot in a shootout against the Bengals on Sunday night. Cincinnati has been better in coverage outside and versus wideouts than versus tight ends, as was displayed by San Francisco's George Kittle on Sunday. Kincaid will once again come through for managers looking for a midseason pick-me-up at the position. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. I got myself a full set of rotors and brakes for my car and saved a lot of stress with the guaranteed fit on eBay Motors and saved a lot of money compared to some other places I could have gone to. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Every day, make sure you are coming back tomorrow as David Harrison will be back to talk about what happened in the trade deadline. Take a look at the NFC South. Take a look at the next quarter of the Buccaneers schedule. But football season is here and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Every Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On YouTube channel with hosts Tanitra, Jarvis, and Kyle, who break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. With the trade deadline looming and not a lot of cap room to work with, the Buccaneers could still make a potential move that could help this team moving forward this season. Of course, the biggest weakness on this team is the rushing attack, and part of that is on the offensive line, but part of it is also on the running backs. Sean Tucker isn't quite what anyone thought he would be, myself included. Obviously, the Buccaneers coaches uh, are included in that, and he seems to his, to have lost his spot on the depth chart to Keyshawn Vaughn. Chase Edmonds returned last week, and that may help a little bit. And then, of course, Rashad White has proven to be a bigger threat in the passing game than in the running game. So what could the Buccaneers do? Well, they currently sit with $3.6 million in cap space, and that's not a lot. But what would you say if I told you that the Bucs could help their rushing attack for $1.35 million, the player could immediately begin playing this weekend against the Houston Texans because he's already familiar with the system, and it probably wouldn't cost more than a late-round pick or maybe even a late-round pick swap. What do you think? Are you in? Well, Jason Light, it's time to go ahead and call up Howie Roseman and make a deal for Rashad Penny. Yes, the former Seattle Seahawks running back and the current Philadelphia Eagle, Rashad Penny, who has been hampered with injuries in the past, but right now is buried so deep on a depth chart right now that he's never going to see the light of day as a Philadelphia Eagle. Rashad Penny has carried the ball one time for the Philadelphia Eagles this season, and he has one reception. However, with Seattle just two years ago, he was a 100-plus carry guy and averaged over six yards per carry. For his career, he averages 5.7 yards per carry. That includes this season, where he has one carry for three yards, and in 2020, where he had just 11 carries and averaged 3.1 yards per carry. The Bucs, by comparison, are averaging 3.2 yards per carry, Rashad White is at 3.3, while the running back position as a whole is averaging 2.9. You cannot sit there and tell me that Rashad Penny cannot help this team given his track record, given what the Buccaneers are doing right now at the position, and given the fact that Rashad Penny can step in and knows exactly what Canales is going to be doing in this offense because they both come from the same offense in Seattle. He can step in immediately, play against the Houston Texans, and contribute. He's never been the number one guy, barring any kind of injury. So being the 1B to Rashad White's 1A isn't going to bother him much. Not only that, 
but it's going to give him more of an opportunity to get on the field and show what he can do as a running back because he only signed a one-year deal in Philadelphia. He's going to become a free agent again after the season. You think he's sitting there on the bench, not getting snaps, not getting carries, not getting targets and thinking, yeah, I'm going to make myself a lot of money on the, on the open market when March rolls back around. No, he wants to be on the field. Why not take a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick and move it to Philadelphia and in exchange, get someone that is likely going to be able to help you in the rushing attack. And I'm not saying that this is going to immediately turn the Buccaneers into a top 10 rushing offense, but when you can bring somebody in that's averaging more than three yards per carry, like the rest of the running backs in Tampa aren't doing right now, it's worth the shot. Yes, the Buccaneers have lost three games in a row. They lost to the Lions. They lost to the division rival Falcons. They lose to the Bills. They go from three and one to three and four, and they drop out of first place in the division. But this division is far from decided. Desmond Ritter just went down for the Atlanta Falcons, and they lost a defensive player, and the name escapes me right now, and I apologize, but he's out for the year with a torn ACL. This division is still wide open. Why would you not take the risk, take the chance on getting rid of a late round pick in 2024? Or heck, maybe even the Eagles would take a 2025 pick on the off chance that Rashad Penny can come in and spark a stagnant and pathetic rushing attack in Tampa. What, what do the Bucs have to lose? I've said that phrase about the rushing game for three straight weeks. I've talked about using co-keeped as a fullback. I have talked about using two back sets. I have talked about anything else that I can possibly fathom that could help this team spark the run game. Keyshawn Vaughn is adding no value. Sean Tucker is adding no value. Chase Edmonds, we don't really know. He added a little bit of value and then he got hurt and, and didn't get a ton of opportunity against the Bills. Rashad White can still be your pass catching back. He can still be your third down back. But Rashad Penny can come in and all of a sudden, if the Bucs are clipping off four, four and a half yards of carry, and then you can bring in Rashad White and he starts clipping off at three and a half, four yards of carry. Now, all of a sudden, the Bucs are a two-dimensional offense. That's going to open up Mike Evans. That's going to open up Kate Otten and Chris Godwin and Trey Palmer. It changes the entire landscape of the Buccaneers offense. It makes a lot of sense for both the Buccaneers and the Eagles to make this deal happen. It makes a lot of sense for Rashad Penny to try to find an opportunity away from Philadelphia where he's not getting any playing time and he can actually help a team not only start to improve their offense, but start to win some games, potentially win the division and go into the postseason. So the long and short of it, nothing the Bucs have done for the run game has worked. This is a chance for them to get a guy that can be explosive, spark the offense at a bargain price, and they aren't going to give up much draft capital at all. This is 100% worth exploring, and no, it's not going to fix everything, but it's certainly going to be a step in the right direction to get this offense clicking once again and reinvigorate the rushing attack for the Bucs. 
Finally, we are going to get into the holiday spirit. That is next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That's ordering time. Two-minute warning. You got it. That's your cue to order in. Order for whatever craving strikes you. Maybe you're in the mood for a Cuban sandwich and potato balls from Cuban Express. Maybe today is more of a shell seafood kind of day. Or maybe you're grabbing some wings from Shamrock's Ale House. No matter what, you can get all of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery on the app so you can shop everything that you need to get game ready. Get prepared before game day and stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all of your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. Get up to 50% off to up to 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, don't forget to use code LOCKED23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D, number two, number three, for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Going to jump over to the chat real quick. I haven't been ignoring you guys, but you know, wanted to, to try to get all of that out as much as possible. Uh, we got Malcolm in the chat. It says, who would you trade for Rashad Penny? It's not going to take more than a late round pick. It may be a late round pick swap where the Bucks are sending a, a sixth and the Eagles are sending back Rashad Penny and a seventh. It may be a sixth rounder in 2025. It's not going to take a player. It's going to take a late round pick because they're not utilizing him. They don't need him. They have a ton of running backs there. It, it would not cost hardly anything at all to get uh, Rashad Penny. Brent in the chat says, Baker Mayfield is the real problem with the offense. Brent, that is 100% not true. Not true at all. Uh, Baker Mayfield, while he has had you know his issues, so have a lot of other quarterbacks. But if I had told you back in March when I was talking about the Buccaneers, how they should pursue Baker Mayfield and how I thought Baker Mayfield was the right fit. If I had told you that Baker Mayfield was going to come in here and have a two and a half to one touchdown to interception ratio, how he was going to be top 10 in the NFL in interceptions. And by that, I mean top 10 of fewest thrown, how he was going to be in the top 10 of quarterbacks in the NFL with the fewest turnovers, how he was going to be in the top half in the NFL in passing touchdowns. You 100% would have taken it. Baker Mayfield has had his problems. He is far from the real problem of this offense, and I will die on that hill. But happy Halloween, everyone. That is right. Halloween is coming up tomorrow, so I thought, you know what? Let's have a little bit of fun picking out the perfect costumes for some Buccaneers players and picking out what scary movie best describes their season so far. So in the chat, Pick a Buccaneers player and what you think the perfect costume for them is and drop what scary movie you think best describes the Buccaneers season so far. We're going to get to those 
in just a minute before we wrap everything up. But I'm going to start with the costumes. And Freddy Krueger will be played by Antoine Winfield Jr. And why? Well, it's because he lives in the nightmares of opposing offensive quarter offensive coordinators and quarterbacks. He's been an absolute monster this year. And the Houston Texans, who are getting ready to face the Buccaneers, are already shaking at the knees, terrified to come across Antoine Winfield Jr. Next up, Michael Myers. He will be played by Levante David, the silent assassin that doesn't ever seem to age or slow down. And just when you think you have escaped him, now, boom, he's right there and he pops up when you least expect it. The Invisible Man, that's going to be Devin White. Not great since week one. Uh, and these disappearing acts in a contract year are not going to help him in free agency. How about a uh, classic? A zombie. Who's going to be a zombie? It's Baker Mayfield. Everyone thought his career was dead when he went to the Panthers, and then he got benched, then he got shipped to the Rams, and it was, you know, all kinds of issues. He got jettisoned from the Browns. Instead, he is the undead coming for all division rivals. How about Frankenstein? That's going to be Tristan Wirfs because it's like he was built in a lab to be unstoppable. Even injured. On Thursday night, went into the medical tent, comes back out, still a brick wall on the left side of that offensive line. Um, Patrick from SpongeBob. When I say Patrick from SpongeBob, I get the image of that gif that you all have seen where Patrick is hammering a wooden board into his own forehead. And so to me, um, that's Todd Bowles. Because sometimes I just have to wonder what's going on upstairs with Todd Bowles. Uh, Harry Potter, it's Mike Evans. Yeah, it, it's low-hanging fruit, but sometimes he's a wizard out there. Am I right? Am I right? Where's my rim shot? All right. And finally, what scary movie best describes the Buccaneer season up to now? I'm going to say Scream. Sometimes it's for joy. Sometimes frustration, sometimes anger, but the Buccaneers definitely want to make people scream week in and week out. So that is what I have for the scary movie that best describes the Buccaneers season thus far. Before we get out of here, I want to jump over to the chat. Uh, anybody? Okay, we got Brian in the chat. He says, Devin White is a ghost. Because he's nowhere to be found. Ghost, invisible man, kind of the same thing. Potato, potato. A um, couple of more reactions from earlier conversations. Tampa guy says, it's a rebuild. The Buccaneers should be a seller, not a buyer in this market. Get rid of Evans. We need draft picks. No, you're not trading Mike Evans. You're just, you're not doing it. Because there's still the chance that the best offensive player in the history of this franchise returns next season you're not getting rid of them the season is not over they are still in the hunt for the division you're not trading mike evans and if they do trade mike evans i will be right back on this show giving you guys your props and eating my crow like i'm gonna have to do all this week leading up to the texans game about cj stroud but you don't trade mike evans if you want to if you want to trade somebody that's going to bring in some draft capital 
the first name you're probably going to is Devin White. And even that is not going to bring in a ton of draft capital because he's on an expiring contract. He's a free agent after the season. Mike Evans is a free agent after the season. These are not garnering any more than, I mean, Devin White might get you a third round pick. Mike Evans might get you a fourth because of his age. And even then, you might have to let them negotiate a contract beforehand. It's just not going to happen. The Bucs don't have any players that they can ship out of town outside of Vita Vea or Tristan Wirfs or Ant not even Antoine. Antoine's on an expiring deal. You're not going to get top value for him either. So outside of Wirfs and Vita Vea, you're not getting even a second rounder out of anybody that you would be willing to get rid of. You don't trade Mike Evans. You don't trade Antoine. You don't trade Wirfs. You don't trade Vita. The, the biggest name that the Buccaneers would be in contention for trading is Devin White, maybe Shaq Barrett. But you're still not getting a lot for them. That's, that's just, although the NFL trade deadline has heated up more over the course of the last few years, that's not the way the NFL trade deadline works. And if a team is taking a guy who only has 10 weeks left of, of his contract, they're certainly not paying top dollar for it. You're lucky to get a fifth round pick for some of these guys. We got Farley in the, uh, in the chat. He says, do not throw the ball anymore to tight end Durham. He's been a little bit of a disappointment, had some high hopes coming in, but he was also a healthy scratch the first couple of weeks probably still getting acclimated and learning the game. I'm not going to I'm not going to toss him out for good yet, but you know, remember back to last year, Kate Otten got off to a little bit of a slow start as well. Let's see if if Payne Durham can start to pick it up over the course of the second half of the year. Um we got Combat Helm in the chat saying this truly is a James moment. I have him every once in a while. I do. Sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. Either way, I want to thank each and every one of you in the live chat for joining me on this live afternoon episode of Locked on Bucks. But that is going to do it for this episode. Coming up tomorrow, David is going to be here. He's going to be talking about the NFC South. He's going to be looking ahead to the next quarter of the Buccaneers season. Maybe there's going to be some trade deadline reaction or speculation that he's going to be able to touch on. Uh, either way, make sure you come back for tomorrow's episode want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. want to thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs> 